ladies and gentlemen, it is a distinct pleasure of the management to present you the evening star attraction. Here we are, back after an exclusive two-year tour as a serious disc agreement, live from Sydney, Australia. The physical media show on an omission from VOD, starring Finding Drago and Total Reboot's Alexi Toliopoulos. That's me. And yours truly, One Heat Minute and Zodiac Chronicles, Blake Howard. We are the Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers. Blake, I am excited for this episode. I'm a little bit nervous, but we are, we're talking about probably the biggest freaking release of the year. The biggest 4K release easily of the year uh, a piece of pop culture that i think was best described by sean fantasy as the most important american pop cultural artifact of the last 50 years we're of course talking about ffc francis ford coppola's 50th anniversary edition and remastering of the gorgeous mm. and glorious god father godfather part two and of course godfather part three which has now been released as the godfather coda the death of michael mm -hmm. corleone all in one absolutely stunning special edition box set which alexa you are holding you are nursing yes. right next to you right now i'm still waiting on my final copy i've seen i saw test discs to mm -hmm. really immerse myself in this but i totally get it it is almost an impossible task to stare at the Godfather and go, I can say something that hasn't been said about yes. this piece of art. It's it's kind of one of the most intimidating podcast opening recordings we've ever done together. Absolutely. And so we are going to be focusing more on, I guess, the actual release of this film rather than the movie itself. Like yeah. we said, it's so hard to say something new about the Godfather and you know it's been a very important movie in my life one of the most important movies for me personally and i've had to think about it a lot this year i might have to cover it in a few different ways in a few different areas during its 50th anniversary which to even be thought of is a freaking honor to cover the godfather <laughs> my lord that people consider me worthy um uh yes i um i'm still freaking out just even trying to talk about the godfather just it's just so important to me. I just love this movie so much. And as far as my experience with The Godfather, it has almost always been through physical media. I've been yes. lucky to see it a couple of times in the cinema, but I have owned this movie. This is my fifth edition of <laughs> The Godfather on physical media. I owned that first DVD box set in that black case. Yep, then when too. there was a Coppola restoration a few years later, I bought that on DVD. When I upgraded to the Blu-ray, I repurchased that Coppola restoration once again. Then I think maybe four or five years ago, they released a new edition that was some kind of restoration. I don't know. There's something different about <laughs> it. I don't know what it was. I purchased it again. You better believe last year I saw Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone in cinemas, and then within three weeks bought the Blu-ray as well. Same, same, and same. And now I have got the 4K UHD, and you know I had to go all out and buy that big-ass deluxe <laughs> edition that has 
it looks like this giant black coffee table book mm. and it's got that beautiful elegant design of the godfather 50 years on there embossed in gold black on gold on black beautiful color scheme nine discs inside nine discs inside a Ooh. book with pictures and even had information that i'd never known about the godfather in there which was like okay that's crazy i can name every cast member and the character that they play <laughs> in every movie um all the way to you know I, it's just i just it was, I, I had to go all out i bought it on amazon uk because it was the cheapest price in the world and they sent it to me in no shit, a box so big. It was like the size of a coffin. <laughs> it was this humongous cardboard box. And it was like three layers deep. I'm like, okay, at least it's going to be in good condition when I open it up. And yeah, I got it. I um, have been going through it. It's so beautiful. Lexi's edition it. sleeps with I the fishes it. by the sounds of things. <laughs> thanks to amazon.co.uk. <laughs> um, so look, we are, we're, we're not going to cover as much of obviously talking about the Godfather films, but to just suffice to say here on Blues Brothers, whenever we're talking about a restoration or a new edition, you know, mm-hmm. one of the key things that we want to talk about is really, is it worth it for physical media nuts? You know, cause you got to prioritize mm. and you got to, and, and, and you got to think of those things and, you know, all the way from the original, and this was not even in like Snapshell DVD covers. The original mm-hmm. Godfather collection was on a very special edition fold out in a black yep. case, you know, released from Paramount in Australia and around the world. And it was um, those four, uh, like paper cardboard thin yeah, paper. things of the movie. Yeah. With those. And so I, I also had that and with, there's certain things that no matter what life cycle of physical media that we're mm. in, they are, I'm going to buy them every time. And yes. I feel like I did that. And with another FFC movie, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, Apocalypse Now. I feel like I've owned Apocalypse Now in almost every <laughs> yep. VHS, Redux, VHS, mm-hmm. Redux, DVD, normal DVD, Blu-rays over and over again, UHDs, you name it, there's a version that I have of that movie. And so the big question is, well, if this is a movie that I've seen countless times, this is a movie that I've owned 20 times, what possibly am I going to get out of it with a UHD? And I think if you're already sold on UHD, you're not going to need any more emphasis from us about like upscaling and why it's important. Mm. But what I would say to you is this is not some lazy re-release to merely just grab your money. This is something where, again, thanks to the incredible philanthropy of Francis Ford Coppola right now as like a winemaker and helping him like enable his, you know, uh, restorations of all of his canonical works They've gone back and gotten the most stunning prints of Godfather and run it through the most rigorous ultra high definition processing so that now, I mean, I was stunned personally watching the blistering perfection of this print, Mm. especially for the Godfather. And I don't know, there's only one way I can describe it is you have to own it if you have an ultra high definition mm-hmm. uh, setup. If you are that UHD person, you have to. If you need convincing about why you need it, buy this, get set, you have to go. Because I think one thing, and this is like, I've seen this movie tens and tens of millions of times. You know, I, I can't even count how many times I've watched it. But if you're talking about the first Godfather, one thing that really used to strike me was it always felt, I don't know if you had this experience too, Lex, watching it before, but 
always felt like the transition from New York to California almost had like a grain change. It almost mm. felt like it was shot differently. The color was different. There was something about the way that Gordon Willis, who is the direct, uh, cinemato- cinematographer, the director of uh, photography here, works with Coppola to create this incredible organic tone shift in the movie. And when I now watch that transition from the wedding and from New York to LA, it doesn't feel like different changes in tone necessarily anymore. Like it still feels like the tone shift, but, but it's so rich on screen that I felt like I was watching a new take of the mm. scenes that I had, that had been tattooed into my consciousness forever. I was like, Oh my God, look at the richness and the nuance yeah. of the color and the tone of this like beautiful magic hour, golden LA light. And I, it only took that long, you know, we're only talking about 15 minutes into the film before you really get to truly be in awe of it. And I, I was just stunned with this transfer. I watched all of the, all of the films. I watched every single part of them, but that was the thing that struck me. You being a guy who can name the entire chorus of all of these characters mm-hmm. and probably do impressions of them all too. What was the <laughs> bit that like, what was the, what was the cincher for you when you saw it? Like, Oh my God, this was it this was this was so worthwhile well i would say that for me the like what i really got out of it straight away was something that you hit on which is like the richness of the detail um having like seen this movie in so many different forms and so many different iterations on physical media and so many different versions of what would class be classified as a restoration at that time um something that is so part of what we talk about when we talk about the style of the godfather and the the groundbreaking nature of its style is the darkness and like you know this is the film that we talk about when we talk about like sepia tone being applied to period and why we think about the past in period pieces having that sepia tone it hadn't been done to this degree before as severely and because of that so many versions of this film in the past have been very dark this is a dark looking movie and the blacks in this movie are black pure black that's how gordon willis shot it and for the first time like this new restoration i can see some of the detail in that black it's not just like an onyx or anything it is rich it is detailed and it was not quite like seeing this movie for the first time, but it was about it was about seeing this movie in an entirely new light yes. for me. The the clarity of the vision here, like the clarity of everything, it's the clarity of what we see on the screen now in this new restored version. It's not like seeing it for the first time, but it's rather what it would look like if you were seeing it brand new. If you were seeing it amongst the people that saw it for the first time, what this movie originally looked like when it illuminated a freaking beautiful wall in a cinema somewhere. And I think that is what is so special about it. Um, One thing that I did notice that I've never really picked up on before is like you're talking about like the California transition change 
it's kind of around that area and I'm sure it would be part of that too, but it was so interesting to just realize the stock footage that is used to just yes. like capture the past. Like I've never quite fully seen the difference between those before. I think I've always known they were looked a bit different or that they were stock footage, like some of the LA landscape shots or one that has always stood out to me, but it was like such, so obvious this time was um, that like just the, underneath the train line in new york where it's, yes uh where it's like the cars driving under, around under the elevated rail yeah and that to me is like the first time i go oh it looks so different because it's just different film going through a camera and it's something that you really hit on blake is that you can really understand the celluloid of this movie and that is something i find so exciting it's like seeing the brush strokes when you see a piece of art like a, a a painting for the first time after seeing it you know on a computer screen or like in a freaking photograph for years or it's like as when you go to the gallery, ffc intended on on exactly. on the landscape mode of your iphone you know yeah. streaming <laughs> through stan or wherever <laughs> whatever garbage it's, internet that we have in australia <laughs> it, it's all it's like when you disgusting see glory it, is when you see it up personal and you just like, you can see the brush strokes, you can see the, like the actual technique that goes into it. It's seeing that celluloid on a digital version, you understand it more and you, it's just, it's truly beautiful. And I only put it on to just like, kind of see what the restoration looks like. And the Godfather's a mighty hard movie to turn off. <laughs> it is mighty hard. Once it's you're hard, in, and that it's, three hours goes like that. It's the hardest. It's maybe the hardest movie ever to turn off. And I would say, mm. speaking of brushstrokes, um, for the, we've been focusing obviously on you know the original Godfather and not so much part two. But if you want brushstrokes. Every glorious, glistening hair on the chest of Lee Strasberg's Harmon oh, Roth. My favorite. It could be done, has been done immense amount of justice in The Godfather Part Two, including John Cazale's Fredo Corleone, every mm. outfit, every drip, oh, as the kids yes. say these days. One Stuck. of the drip daddies of the past. Drip daddies of the, of the of of our past is just absolutely outstanding. So, um, look, yeah, every everything about those those first two films are so fantastic. And look, we've been kind of lucky. I, I Lex shared we did the same experience going to see Godfather: Code of the Death of Michael Corleone in the cinemas, um, and then and then get immediately buying it on Blu-ray. Obviously, it comes to ultra high definition again here, and. I mean, such a superior cut of the film. Obviously, it is deeply flawed. Mm. And when you compare it to maybe the two greatest films mm -hmm. ever made, it's it's really tough. But nonetheless, again, looks stunning. And, and, yeah. and clearly, you know, no, no expense has been spared to be like, oh, we recently did this. Who cares? But no, they've done an amazing, mm. amazing job um, getting that yeah. in there as well. I love part three. I love Coda. I unabashedly love it. And my hottest take is that freaking Sofia Coppola is great in it. And I think she's beautifully <laughs> cast. I think she's fantastic in those movies and feels very real and authentic to what they're capturing. Um, but Coda is so interesting. Like, I think that it is 
just nicely recalibrated with how they structure it. And what I find fascinating in this release, I don't know if you are aware of this, Blake, but at least in this big deluxe box set, let me just pick that up again because I went off mic, but at least in this big deluxe box set that I've got in front of me now, um, there's something very interesting about where Coda is placed. So we've got the Godfather, the original film, it's got a sheet all of its own, a page all of its own in the set just of here. Of course, of course. Then the sequels are all on the next di- on the next page. You got part two, and then you've got the Godfather Coda, the death of Mike Corleone in a position very prominent. Then down here, there's a disc that just says bonus disc in 4K. You lift it up and you realize that what is titled bonus disc is the original cut of Godfather Part 3. Outstanding. So it's very interesting that it kind of declares that the definitive trilogy now is Godfather, Godfather Part 2, and Coda. So I find that fascinating that it's just completely placed in there. But it's also like that. But it's also typifies how good FFC is at doing these releases because that's mm-hmm. what people want. We want the originals. We want the side-by-sides. We want yes. the comparisons. And the fact that it's there is just awesome. Like, it's it's absolutely terrific. It's so interesting because I think that Coppola has so much respect for the audience's love of the past and, like, their journey with the films and his journey with the films. All of his films that have had these restorations, I think bar the Cotton Club, come with theatrical directors, Final Cut, whatever the different versions are. But they all come with the different versions. You've got the Outsiders with the theatrical and the complete novel version. You've also got here in code, you've got both of them in the big deluxe set at least. And then, of course, with like Apocalypse Now, you've got like freaking different, every Three different version versions, of that. baby, and a doco in that set. It's mm-hmm. outstanding. One of the greatest movie documentaries ever made in there too. Yeah. So it's, I, I have so much, already I have so much respect for Francis, as I like to call him, if I'm not calling him FFC, <laughs> I call him Francis. Um, you know, he's one of the most important people in my life that I will never meet. I'll never interact with him or anything, but his influence on my life, my tastes, um, you know, my voice in any kind of way, also probably on the way that I fucking look, I'll even go that far. (laughs) But um, he, he, I have so much respect. You've got big drip daddy energy. Big drip daddy energy. Absolutely. But I have so much respect for his, vision in that regard in that he does want to share he wants to kind of take you on his complete journey as an artist in that way and how he evolves and how his work evolves over time and it's so interesting to have it in contrast to not just like the releases like you know we've talked on our other podcast a while ago about walter hill's uh theatrical cut of warriors the warriors kind of just being replaced almost everywhere for quite some time with that director's cut. And like, you know, so many movies have all these different cuts. It's hard to find which one is the one to watch. And then Coppola always just goes, here you go. Here's every single one. They're all here for you. Yes. Kind of like Ridley Scott, I feel like does the same thing, but I feel like it's quite a rare thing to have them all together like this. Yeah. I think, I think if this is the hopeful positive influence that we have again, Francis Ford Coppola, the most possibly the most influential director 
in United States filmmaking history. And if there's anything that we can hope is that his tenacity to share his artistic journey is only going to influence the way that we can receive future cuts mm. of all these classic films that we're going to get on physical media because we want every version. Like the real fans, yeah. we want it all, baby. We want every version so that we, yes. on any whimsical, you know, impulse, we can turn on the version that we wanted to watch. Um, God, actually on that, Francis, if this gets to you, please release the mini series cut that I've never seen. I've seen I know it. they showed it on HBO like a couple of years ago where it's the, the chronological the Godfather edition saga, of one yeah. and two. I've been dying to see it. You've seen it. What's I've it like? It. It's fine. <laughs> I just need so, another way to watch these. I, I, I need, you know, I had seen a, them so many times. The freshness would not go astray. Okay, there is no way that any any physical media reviewer is going to have this. I was working in the in a DVD distribution mm -hmm. warehouse at the end of high school, yeah. Village Roadshows distribution warehouse. I was mm. standing next to an Irish backpacker who was working there to make money while he was traveling around Australia. He we we were found a lot in common talking about movies. My Irish backpacker mate was there and um, he was raving about this saga edition. He's like, Blake, it's the only way you watch it. It's chronological. It's this. Oh, Blake, oh, wow. you've got to see this. Uh, went to Irish TV apparently one time and he taped it. And I was like, I sorted out. So once the internet came up and uh, mm. and our old uh, our old friends in Australia, the old torrent sites, maybe, you know, you know, those things happened. Maybe I paid a button to push me a button so that I could – get myself a copy of the Godfather saga. And so I did. And I would just say this, it's a nice way to watch it as a, as a goof, mm. but there is something so profoundly resonant about watching those stories happen in parallel that mm, is exactly. lost, is lost in the chronology. When you watch the chronology, mm. it actually it actually loses that weird thing that Godfather part two has, which is this amplification of their stories. So in, instead of it, like instead of it, like bouncing off of one another and just being this incredible opera in your mind that just grows louder and louder. And like, I don't know, like just permeates every cell that you have. It's just kind of like cute. So I would say it's like cute to watch, but it's not, it's nowhere near as jaw droppingly powerful. You know, mm. you know, to see the way that the timelines echo with one another, like to see Michael's head go down and him smoke the cigarette and you hear the family welcoming in Don Vito, like for his surprise birthday and then, and then flashing forward in time and seeing Michael sitting in his chair by the lake and everything that we know that the lake means, for example, in Godfather part two, seeing that time jump and how that works in that moment, maybe one of the best endings of any movie ever. Hmm. arguable top 10 maybe top five yeah and so it just doesn't it's cute all i would say is i don't think you're missing anything personally mm. i think it's cute uh, no, uh, i'm missing something is a void in my life <laughs> until i see it i know it i know it oh well that's that's the fun. completest in me needs to see it one day yeah well look i agree i i know you and i know that you're a completist <laughs> so i know that you're gonna need to see it but i would just say um i think the way that it is preserved you know as we see is that look yeah, I, it, it, it's impossible not to, I mean, if you don't own the Godfather in your collection in some way, shape or form, you have to, mm -hmm. if you're listening to this, you must, I would assume. 
Um, yes. And I would also recommend, I love this big deluxe box set that I've got. Like it is humongous. You won't be able to find a shelf for it. So I hope you've got a coffee table that's happy to sit on for the rest of your life. I think it's beautiful. It is on the expensive side. So keep an eye out for deals. Because if you, like me, have had so many different editions of this, and if you want something that they're calling like a definitive version, that is a, you know, that is a bomb to just buy that <laughs> and just go, okay, great. It's over, it's over, it's over, it's over. I've got the definitive version. I can relax now. Um, but keep an eye out for it. It will pop up on JB Hi-Fi sales, you know, keep where it gets a little bit cheaper. So keep your eye out for it there, I'd say. Absolutely. Well, look, we've truly, the restraint that we've held to not like actually really dance with this text mm -hmm. and just talk about this release, I think is, is something God, special. It'll be a freaking three-hour podcast if we start talking about it. And it'll just be like, oh, how good is that? And how beautiful is that part and stuff? It's, I mean, it's the great behemoth for me. The, I always think about The Godfather to me in the same ballpark as like Guernica by Picasso, like one of the great works of art that is so engrossing and like i truly do think that this is the great piece of american art because it's the american art form is cinema and it's like their definitive stamp on the entire history of art as a nation is this movie coppola is a fucking nation i'll say that <laughs> the man is a nation um <laughs> But you know, as far as American cinema goes, I think it's the number one. I put it up there with like, you know, Seven Samurai, 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's like the definitive American film for me. Yeah, I, I, the only way that you can describe it to people, I think, is if you've grown up as a cinephile at the time that Lex and I did, and, and I'm sure that many of you did, if you if you weren't old enough to see The Godfather in a theater, which I think most people listening would be in that case, then you've grown up in a time post-Godfather, which means you've grown up in a time where every cinephile that you've spoken to in your life has done nothing except rave that this is the greatest American film arguably ever made. And mm -hmm. then when you finally see it, especially when you're old enough to comprehend it, after every goddamn person who wants to talk about movies has spoken about it and told you how good it is, it manages to supersede every expectation that you could possibly have with it. And it continues to do so on subsequent viewings. It is, it is mm -hmm. a boundless movie. And part one and two, the greatest, the greatest one-two punch of almost any director ever. When you look at Francis Ford Coppola's 1972 to 79, he makes both Godfather films, The Conversation, which is a staggering masterpiece in and of itself, and then perhaps the greatest war movie ever made and maybe the greatest movie about movies ever mm -hmm. made in Apocalypse Now. It, 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 the feats of Francis Ford Coppola in just a decade, I don't think will ever be matched. I, I, I just don't mm. think it, we even have the conditions for it to happen. Um, and so this movie is just a shock. It's, it's, it's just a shock to your system every time you watch mm. it. And almost everyone who watches it actually takes the time to sit down and watch it is kind of in awe of it. Like, wow, they, mm. they really did something. And, and, and not to put a slide on, you know, you and I, Lexa, in one of our upcoming episodes of this very podcast and our companion show, Imprint Companion, 
um, for the imprint um, films uh, label in Australia are going to talk about a bunch of Godfather adjacent mafia mm. movies around that all occur around that same time and see yeah. how they track and they just the infamous movie the brotherhood that almost <laughs> stopped the godfather from existing almost yeah and and the don is dead which is a you know a another a, a flasher made film straight after it including some of the cast of the godfather part one are in mm. it and no slide on those films but they simply pale in comparison mm. they are just they feel like the cheapest knockoffs like the yeah. most empty vessels of this text and then the godfather well it's it's the yardstick by which all other american films are measured true mm. <laughs> since the minute that it was made it's deeply unfair it's deeply unfair <laughs> it's not fair it's embarrassed it's 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 an embarrassment of riches that is it's it's scary so it's it's very cool to talk about it with you it's very cool mm -hmm. to say definitively that Oh man, the set is just gorgeous. The one that Lex is talking about is phenomenal. But if you don't have the scratch or you can't get it shipped, the the actual discs themselves are to be cherished. They are so yeah. great. And if you really were thinking about upgrading that setup, and and we're coming up to, you know, uh, end of financial year sales in Australia in the next couple of months, so if you get incentivized to get that new UHD telly and, and a UHD player, mm -hmm. um, this is the time for it. And and this is the disc set that you need. Yeah. I just want to say a quick prayer to Richard Bright, who plays Al Neary in all three Godfather <laughs> movies. He's one of only three actors to appear in a speaking role in every single film. And, you know, my prayers go out to him. May God rest his soul. Well, God rest his soul. And uh, as the great Frankie Five, Five Angels, Frank Pantangeli says, Chich, Abor! <laughs> Hi, this is Blake Howard, host and producer of One Heat Minute Productions podcast. We dive into the great and underappreciated cinematic works, often one minute or one scene at a time. Our crew of guests are some of the most wonderful filmmakers, writers, authors, and critics ever assembled. Our shows include One Heat Minute, Josie and the Podcats, All the President's Minutes, Increment Vice, and right now, Zodiac Chronicle. Check out oneheatminute.com or find us wherever you get your podcasts.